Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to Federal Contracting Made Easy, where it's our goal is to take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that anyone can master. Today, we're going to be interviewing Raymond Christie with the Salt Lake City Airport Authority, and he's going to go over the DBE program, otherwise known as the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. Raymond, welcome to today's show. Thank you for having me today. It's a beautiful day outside, and I know it's going to be beautiful for us being here on the silver screen, which is a kind of small. <laughs> Great. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Well, I have a varied background between logistics, consumer product sales, purchasing, contract negotiations, program coordinating, and logistics. So how did you get involved in the DBE program? When I started my career at Utah Transit Authority, a transportation agency in the state of Utah, I had to learn about what is called the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program. In learning about that program and the regulations that are part of that, that took me into the world of compliance as well as the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program. Prior to that, my experience in consumer product sales, logistics, purchasing, program coordination, contract compliance helped me to understand and fuse the two worlds of compliance procurement contracting together. Wow, that sounds like a, a big big thing for you to do. Well, it's been a lot of fun along the way. Well, it's see, been interesting. Any, we've known each other, what, over about 12 years now? Yes, ma'am. It's been a long time. Yes, ma'am. So is the DBE program available in every state? Yes, the DBE program is under, is directly out of the United States Department of Transportation. And therefore, any, any grant recipient, whether they're a port authority, tunnel, train, highway, airport, that gets grant funds from the United States Department of Transportation under the operating administration, has to have a disadvantaged business enterprise program when they receive more than $250,000 in grant funds in a given year. Okay. So why did they create the program? What's the purpose of it? Well, for me, the biggest purpose of the program is to get those small businesses opportunities so that way they can grow their portfolio. They can grow their resume. I've always said the DB program is the way of how you take the catch out of a catch-22. You can't get any jobs without any experience and you can't get any experience without any jobs. So because of the program, which motivates contractors or concessionaires to seek out firms that provide goods and services that they could utilize, the program motivates them to go out and find those firms so that way they can build their resume of the goods and services that they provide. What is the qualifications for the program? Can anybody apply? Anybody can apply. You know, it's kind of like all are welcome, but only few are chosen. The criteria specifically takes a look at personal net worth, 
your company's gross receipts based on the Small Business Administration's NAICS codes, North Atlantic Industrial Classification Code System, as well as your ownership. It takes a look at these criteria, and I'll get into the specifics in a second. And on paper, if you can meet that criteria and then through an interview demonstrate how you meet that criteria, that's how you can get certified because you're being, it's a certification and in that you meet the criteria based on paper as well as what you do. So for example, personal net worth, your personal net worth in the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program in the DBE program cannot exceed $1.32 million minus equity you have in your business. Now, the DBE program also has another component for those people that are looking at doing work in the airport, and that's what we call the airport's concessions DBE program, and the personal net worth is still the same, $1.32 million. The gross receipts are different between the airport's concessions program as well as the DBE program. In the DBE program, your gross receipts cannot exceed $52.3 million averaged over your three-year period. It's a little bit higher. Um, excuse me, I, I said that incorrectly. In the DBE program, your gross receipts cannot exceed $32 million averaged over a three-year period, whereas in the ACDBE program, it's a little bit higher. Gross receipts is like $52, $53 million averaged over a three-year period. Thirdly, the small business, based on the small, small business administration's size standards under the North Atlantic Industrial Classification Code System, you cannot exceed those standards of gross receipts annually based on what the small business deems a small business. I always use the example of a low-voltage electrician. Your gross receipts in a given year cannot exceed more than $13 million because Above $13 million in annual sales, the Small Business Administration does not consider you a small business. And fourthly, the ownership of the company has to be 51% either woman or minority or white male that can demonstrate that they have been socially and economically disadvantaged. So through paper and through an on-site interview where someone comes out and will verify to verify that you are who you are and you do what you do, that is the certification process. Do these numbers get adjusted similar to how SBA adjusts the size standards? So does the number and gross income and that stuff ever get adjusted up? Or does it always stay at those levels? The United States government, under the United States Department of Transportation, takes a look at those numbers and will adjust up or down based on inflation. Okay, so it is done by inflation, just like just like the SBA does the size standards based on inflation. They get adjusted up. I've never seen them go down. They've always been up. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want, you know, with the way folks, the way our economy is growing, you know, year in, year in, year out. Yes, you want those folks to adjust the numbers up. If we have to adjust down, we have a much bigger problem. Right, we do. And one of the other things that you'll find is that there is a close similarity in some of the standards and criteria between what the SBA is looking at in its program versus what's looked at in the DBE, United States Department of Transportation's DBE program. So you're saying that it's the NA program is similar to the DBE program in a lot of ways. Yes, it is. 
One of the biggest differences that I found is that the DBE program looks at specific experience in what you currently have, not where you're looking to grow to, but what experience you currently have. And those are the areas you're certified in. Whereas the SBA program looks at what you have done, but now where can you grow to? And so there's the two biggest differences in the program. Cool. You said something about an interview. Is that part of the process? Yes, that's a part of the process. It's a way of verifying and seeing exactly what you do and how you have the experience and what areas that you want to provide goods and services is. Because again, the certification in the DBE program, the certification is looking at what you currently have the experience in providing, not what direction and areas you can grow to, Okay. exactly what areas you currently are working in. Why are there could be multiple agencies, state agencies that you could apply to? Like in Utah, for example, you can apply with the Utah Transit Authority. You can apply with the Salt Lake City Airport Authority. And, I'm, and there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head. Which is the Utah Department of Transportation. Right. So those, those three authorities. So if you get certified in one, are you good for, for good for across the state? Correct. Or are you only re, it's restricted to that certain area? No, correct. In the state of Utah, because the state of Utah does not have a certification program for women and minority businesses or small businesses or veteran-owned or service-disabled businesses, the DBE certification, once you are certified, is good for the entire state. Now, you can get certified by one of those agencies, and what happens is the certification process looks at what kinds of goods and services you're going to provide and what's best suited. Are you looking to do work with only airports? Are you looking to do work only on highways? Are you looking to do work in transit or a combination of all three? So with that being in mind, you know, whether it's the highway doing the certification or the airport doing the certification or the transit agency doing the certification, it's good for all agencies that receive funds from the United States Department of Trans- Transportation. Now, the biggest difference when you go outside of the state, other states have certification programs for the state as well as local municipalities. So that particular state has one agency that that's all they do is just certifications. And with that being the case, with that certification, you can then go to any municipality any transportation agency that recognizes that certification and use that certification in their program, what we call their local program or their state program, or in the case of the DBE program, their federal program. So you mentioned that MBE, is that correct? Yes. MBE stands for Minority Business Enterprise or WBE, Women Business Enterprise or SBE, small business, small emerging business, but small business enterprise. And what's the difference between those and the DBE program? Well, first and foremost, does your state or your local municipality have a local program? So if they don't have a program, one thing you definitely know is going to be out there is the federal program, which is the Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Program. So that's across 
nationwide, these other programs are state-specific, is what you're saying. Correct. The ACDBE program, the DBE program is going to be nationwide. This, the same application that you would use in one state is the same application you're going to use in another state. In fact, you cannot deviate from that application. And the process and the regulations and the criteria is the same all across the country. Where you get into di differences or different variations or different criteria is the minority business enterprise program, women business enterprise program, small business enterprise program. The criteria may be a little bit different or vastly different, but that is by state or by municipality. Okay. I didn't know that. That's, I learned something new today. And that's why you're doing this podcast so that folks all can be educated. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to educate everyone on everything that's available to them because I think your program offers small businesses such a unique opportunity where they can go work with a prime contractor and get some experience behind them and later on become a prime contractor and be able to you know, help others along the way. And that's Correct. what this country is all about, right? It's equal opportunity for everyone. That's Correct. You're going to find airports, transit agencies, highways, but somewhat, but they're, they are an end user. And when the agency sees themselves as an end user and they are proactive on the support of small business, as an end user, you use a lot of different various different services. And that's where the opportunity comes in for small businesses. If that agency looks at themselves, well, we only do roadway work and it's just this and this and this and it's there, then that limits the opportunity. Whereas if they see themselves as an end user, we use all these different various goods and services and we understand the economic impact to the local community and that local economy. That's where you're going to see multiple opportunities for small businesses to thrive and grow and compete in the mainstream. Is there some opportunities and training that's available for these DBE businesses? Depending on the states, a lot of Department of Transportation's at state agencies, specifically highway state agencies, they have grant funds to provide support services to help with the training for small businesses to understand what the opportunities are and where they can be found, as well as how that small business can access that service. Okay. So you just have to find out who has those funds and have supportive services programs. What happens if it's not offered in the state that they're in? Can they go to another state to receive that assistance? They can do it at other states, but also I would take a look at their community. You're going to find there's a lot of communities that have programs that are initiated to help small businesses. Now, they may be in areas uh, that have a high population based on race, Hispanics, African-Americans, Asian-Americans, but the services that they provide, even though they may be directed towards a specific type of community based on race or gender, they're going to have their doors open to anyone that is a small business that's looking to grow 
and understand how they can do business. So that's another place that I have found in my experience across the country is another place to go where if you can't find free resources provided by your state or that, that city on how you can grow your business, there would be local nonprofit businesses that partner with a lot of agencies to provide services to assist small businesses. It's just, it's just a phone call away. Nowadays, now it's just a matter of saying, hey, Google or hey, Siri or hey, whatever smartphone you may have. It's just a, a statement to that smartphone to assist you. Well, that, that is true. That's just a Google search away is what I always say. <laughs> yes, very much so. So what happens after I apply to the program? You've done your interview. I applied to the program. How long does it take for my application to be processed? The application to be processed is based upon if all the documents that are part of the checklist that would be a part of that application, you have provided. And with that being the case, under the regulations, under the DBE program, the certifying agency agent official has 90 days to complete that application. Now, that's just to give you the, the time frame. Now, things can happen a little bit quicker. Things can, may take a little bit slower. It all depends on the number of applications that are currently being processed by that certification official. But if you hand in all of the necessary documents, that clock starts ticking. So you said something about a checklist. Is that checklist available? I mean, can anybody download the application? Is it available online somewhere? Well, the benefit of the app of DBE program or ACDB program, the application is the same application that you'll find in whether you're in Portland, Maine or Portland, Oregon or Seattle or down in Corpus Christi. It's the same application. And the last page of the application contains a checklist of those business documents that need to be a part of your application. And these are business documents that are very common documents that you would have in your business. Business license, if you have a loan, copy of the loan, operating agreement or, or a, business, a business agreement on how you're structured and what you're looking at doing, your financials, as well as your taxes, as well as um, where's your website or telephone numbers or fax numbers or how do we, how does a person find your location? So it's all the typical business documents that every business owner should have readily Correct, should have. Readily available. Well, that's cool. So do you review the finances every year or is there a, uh, do you get recertified at all? Or once you're certified, you're certified and how long is it good for? Well, in the DBE program, which is different from the SBA's um, programs, in the DBE program, you are in the pro once you get certified into the program, you're in the program until you graduate because you've exceeded personal net worth or gross receipts. You do not meet one of the basic criteria for certification, but you're in that program for life. Whereas in the SBA's 8A program, it's a nine-year program. So do you, I'm assuming you recertify every year or every three years. How does that work? In the DBE program, per the regulation, after you're certified, you have to provide an affidavit that states that you currently meet the certification standards 
annually on your anniversary day. Okay. And then there are some other documents that you have to provide along with that affidavit. And as long as you're providing that annual update and those and those requested documents on your anniversary date or the date specified by your certifier, you're still within the program. So what should I do after I'm accepted into the program? How do I market myself to these prime contractors? Well, first and foremost, in your state, identify, do your research, which agencies currently receive funds from the United States Department of Transportation or what agencies receive funds as a recipient through one of the larger agencies, whether it's Department of Highway or Transit or airports, because you can have some recipients in a given state that they receive funds through an airport. So they're a sub-recipient. So identifying those recipients with it, then take your letter that your letter or if you get a certification, do a letter that says, hello. I am who I am. This is what I do. I'd like to meet you. I'd like to provide you information on the goods and services that I provide. You are a, a grant recipient from United States Department of Transportation. I can provide these goods and services. I'd like to schedule time to talk with you, whether it's by phone or come to your office and visit and sit down with you. Take those proactive steps. Find out which agencies are having a, an open house on the goods and services that are either they're going to be purchasing or look forecasting they'll be purchasing in the upcoming year and attend those open houses and do some networking at those open houses. Those opportunities to connect and get yourself out there as well as schedule appointments to meet with people go a very long way in how you can utilize the certification to grow your business. So it sounds very similar to what I try to teach people when they market to the federal government because it's basically the same process. You are It is part of the federal government. It's just a different avenue, right? So you're going to go out there. You're going to have to market yourself. You have to have a capability statement or, or a little resume about your business, in other words. And you're going to go market to all these different businesses that receive those grants. Correct. And you're going to find, by taking a further step from that, is creating that that document that that maybe sh- very quickly and shortly also says this is the goods and services I provide. This is my experience. This is where my company is located. And looking forward to meeting and talking with you because you can get a phone call on the construction side. You can get a call from or see uh, an advertisement from a general contractor that is looking for. DBE firms for for a particular project that has federal funds in it, or you happen to attend an expo and those businesses are located at that expo or on a networking board and the opportunities presents itself. That way, once you get that email address or where you can send some information to or get a phone number, make that call, do the follow-up, that's all getting your business in front of someone that makes them aware of what you do and what you provide. And even if the opportunity doesn't exist with them, they may know somebody else that is looking for the type of goods and services that you provide. Do they have to have a kind of like a subcontracting plan, these prime contractors, once they bid on a job and they've already know that we're going to select these DBEs to do business with? Or do they wait till they get the project and make after you all make the determination of what percentage has to be set aside the DBEs to, to this, does that process happen? Well, 
first of all, let me just back up for a second. Language that we use in the DB program is different than it's been used by a lot of federal programs, including SBA. In the DBE program, there aren't any set-asides. There's a goal. There's a target. And that agency that, that is receiving the funds, they have a target that they're looking to meet so they can meet their overall goal based on the contracts that they have in a given year. So in the DBE program, it's not a set-aside because that's illegal in the DBE program. However, the agencies are very much aware that if they don't meet their goals year after year, opportunity after opportunity, they also get questioned because per the regulations, those agencies have to make good faith efforts toward meeting their goals. And so the unspoken thing that happens is if you're not, as an agency, you're not meeting your goals, when you apply for grant funds, it gets scrutinized as far as do you get those funds or not. And so the agency needs to take a hard look at that because if they're not meeting their goals and they're not justifying it with very good reasoning on why they missed their goals, they may not receive funds in the future. And that's a big, big impact when you're trying to rehab a taxiway and you don't have enough money to rehab that taxiway because you've got to have federal funds in there. And if you don't have the money to do it, you can't have the runway. The feds are going to shut you down. And therefore, it's an unsaid way of accountability. That's one way of an unsaid accountability where agencies are going to be held accountable if they're not trying to be proactive on meeting their overall goals. So the agency has the goal, not the contractor? Is that how this works? Correct, because the, the agency is going to let the contract with the contractor. So, hey, contractor, this is my goal for this contract, which means it's your goal, your target. And someone is going to be accountable. Someone's going to be holding that agency accountable when if they don't meet their goal, they're going to ask the question, why did you not meet that goal? And the agency has to give a reasonable answer. So if somebody's marketing, does the prime that receives, I don't know what the prime is the right word, but the prime contractor that receives the funds or the grant money, however you want to refer to it as, do they already know which DBs they're going to use on that particular project? Like when you're bidding on, on a federal project, you already have a team of subcontractors that you work with that you already know are going to bid on that project for you because you have to, that's, you, they bid before and they put the proposal together to submit to the government. Your, the process for the DBE seems a little bit backwards. It seems like you get the project, you know how much money you have, and then it's awarded to somebody else. Is that, am I making the connection there? So how does, no. does a DBE, basically what I'm asking is how does a DBE, do they have an opportunity to bid or to work with that contractor or bid on that contract prior to the contractor receiving it? No, a little bit differently because, first of all, you have taken, there's a lot of variables. One of the variables, and depending on the economy of that location, that municipality, that state, is their economy robust? Good example. Right now, depending on when whoever watches this video, the economy in Utah is very, very strong. Everyone who is currently constructing is working. So even though a general contractor may have some folks they may want to work with or have worked with in the past, 
doesn't mean they are available. So that general contractor in a robust economy has to be out there looking to find those firms that can work with them so that way they can meet the goal in their proposal that they're going to submit because their competitors are going to be also meeting the goal in that robust economy when they submit their bid. The general contractor may have, again, may have folks that they like working with, but doesn't mean everybody is available. Now, when the economy is in a downturn and folks are all looking for work and people are submitting uh, lower prices because they're just trying to get, they're just trying to keep the doors open, then it's at the benefit of the con- general contractor because they can pick and choose who they wish to. And then you have some economies that are just right in between. So the overall answer is that general contractor has to always have a variety of folks in his packaging that he's looking at that he can always turn to that he can submit with his bid that he's proposing to work with because he doesn't always know who's available and who is not. And that's a little bit different from the federal contractor. Yes, it, yes, it is. And thanks for clarifying that. Sorry if I'm using the wrong terminology. I can only go with what I know. Understand. I mean, we have similar worlds and they operate similarly and twist and turn similarly, but yet there are different criteria and different rules that we have to follow. So do you have any best practices or tips for anybody that's becoming a DBE certified? Well, I would reiterate what I've just already said. You know, you have that certification in your hand or you have that letter in your hand. That's a very good marketing tool. Um, That's one. Two, learn where construction projects or concessions, procurements are being advertised. Three, make a list, find the list, find all the agencies that are receiving grant funds from the United States Department of Transportation. Make a list. Find out who that liaison officer is, who, who's posting the information to whatever webs, and make that round. Get your face and your name for that particular person. Because all those things going for you, someone's going to pick up the phone and say, hey, I saw your information. What is it, the goods and services that you provide? Oh, is that something that you can provide to me on a regular basis? Or I am looking for this, and that opportunity then presents itself. For that small business. That would be the one tip. And the only other tip I would provide is as a small business, even if your presentation bombs, stinks, you know, you just kind of like, whoa, where did that come from? Whatever should happen in that time frame that you're sitting out with, hopefully a potential decision maker, always, always, always ask for the order. Always, always ask for the contract at the conclusion. Well, that's that might you right. Any business owner, I mean, not every present. You may feel the presentation didn't go over well, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't received well. Correct. So that's really good advice. Do you have any parting comments that you'd like to make for my viewers or anything? I want to say, hey, thank you for the opportunity to talk to your audience. I look forward to seeing them at my office, knocking on the door. So that way I can open up more doors and windows of opportunity for them to walk through. Well, you might see an in-spike nationwide because my podcast and YouTube channel are nationwide. 
specifically, and they're really heavy in Texas, Florida, Utah, California, um, and the Beltway. Well, I'm glad that I know you. <laughs> so, great. All right, folks, we're going to end this here today. As always, be safe until next week. <laughs>